The Business Growth Podcast by legendary entrepreneur Dan Bradbury gives you the best strategies to grow a profitable, sustainable company that isn't dependent on you. Whether it be how to hire and lead a world-class team, business finance, marketing, time management, growth through acquisition, or maximizing your company's value before you exit, this podcast is for you. And now, your host for the Business Growth Podcast, Dan Bradbury. Hey guys, Dan Bradbury here and welcome to another episode of the Business Growth Podcast podcast. In this episode, we're going to go inside another one of my £18,000 per person private mastermind meetings. This 20-minute recording is a super condensed version of my one-day business growth planning workshop. In it, I reveal the four easy steps to creating a robust, simple business growth plan that I learned from a mentor uh, approximately a decade ago that took me from 500,000 to 5 million in revenue in just two years. If you like this episode and want to know more about attending one of my business growth planning workshops, go to denbradbury.com forward slash workshop. This episode has a lot of punch, so let's get to the show. Okay, so a few quick thoughts. Why are you here? I, I believe that you're here to be a uh, to develop your skills and be a better business owner. In the specific context of this private mastermind meeting, you're going to present your plan. So you've all come here to greater and lesser degrees with a, uh, a plan, financial targets, budgets, etc. And you're going to present those to the group. So, and we are going to, uh, I'm going to facilitate a session to hopefully develop, hone, improve that plan. Really to rip a hole in that plan, find out where the weak links are. You know, I, whilst I'm in favour of positive thinking and setting big goals... I think all of it pales into comparison as to having a robust plan towards achieving it. I don't think anything great was achieved. Um, uh, you know, you want to talk about Olympic gold medalists or world champions. None of that was achieved by effort alone, right? All the, the great achievers, leaders, champions have spent a tremendous amount of time getting training, having plans, laying plans, getting coaching, developing skills, so let me tell you a little story that I think will help get you the most um, uh, out of this session. And really it's about how do you develop a really good plan. So if I think back about uh, I don't know, 10, 12, 13, 14 years ago, uh, I had a business that was doing about half a million in revenue. And by a lot of people, I earned more money than any of my friends did. Um, and I... I I was successful. I, I, I kind of, by a lot of people's standards, I was successful. I felt pretty good about it. But I was very frustrated. And the reason I was frustrated, Richard, is because I wanted more. Like, I really wanted to have, back then, the design likes of just being a seven-figure revenue business owner, let, let alone, you know, uh, seven-figure profits. Um, and But really, the frustration was, I, I wanted the results because I wanted you know, in my 20s, wanted the kind of material trappings, I wanted to pay off my mortgage, I wanted to do all these things, but it was actually because I probably didn't feel good enough, you know, I felt, um, I'd learned a lot of things, but at the same time, I kind of felt a bit insecure that I had I really just gotten lucky, was I really, you know, did I really have what it took to be one of these great business people that I aspire to be like, you know, like the, the likes of 
Bill Gates or Richard Branson or Elon Musk, even though he wasn't really well known back then, or, or, or people like that. And so I, I was kind of stuck and I was frustrated and I get pissed off and I feel like I'd make a bit of progress and I'd come back and the business was really dependent upon me. And there was all the stresses that most small business owners have most of the time. But then I got lucky. Uh, I came across a very, very uh, wise man and uh, who had uh, been there and done it in business. So for me, um, I, my skills were really in marketing. I was really on the cutting edge back then of kind of the online marketing side of things. You know, I, one of my claims to fame was uh, I was doing one-click upsells, custom-coded before they even existed on Amazon, right? So like, I, I felt like I was really knew my stuff around the marketing side. And in my little niche that I was in, we were definitely the best of the bunch from a marketing perspective. But this guy, uh, this uh, mentor that I came across, he was um, uh, he had uh, built a net worth in excess of a hundred million dollars. Um, he'd lost it all, gone bankrupt, and then made it all back again. But the fascinating thing about this was he was really shit, Harley, at marketing. Like he was really poor uh, in relative terms. Like judging against what I felt I knew and how I practiced when I looked at what he did, I kind of went, "That marketing's really weak." But fortunately for me, I, I was able to get my ego out of the way just long enough, Andy, to go, well, hold on. The fact that he's had such meteoric success over, again, he'd been in business 30, 40 years, that he'd had such meteoric success not once but twice, possibly there's something here that I'm not seeing that I don't know. And as I got to know him, um, and I would, I would tell him about my plans and my goals, um, and it's funny, I'm using those as though they were different things, but to me at that time, they were the same thing. I'd say, what's your plan? Uh, else people would say to me, what's your plan? And I'd say, oh, it's to get to a million in revenue. Well, that's not a plan, that's a goal. And I'd say, well, yeah, well, the plan is to do, I don't know, 750 this year and a million next year. I'm like, well, that's not, that's just two goals. <laughs> that's just a milestone. Because uh, I, I thought that was all kind of boring stuff that people didn't do because I, I just saw about, oh, well, you, you know, you market and then you make more money. Didn't think about how, uh, as Walt Disney said, clean bathrooms is good marketing. I didn't think about the importance of customer retention and keeping a customer is like, can be four, five, six, eight times more profitable than, uh, 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 than getting a new one, right? And so I didn't think about this. And he sat me down one day and went, Dan, there are four things. Four things that you need um, in a good, robust plan. And uh, I call this kind of the straight line approach. Because, uh, uh, and you need to do all these four things, but you need a bit of a, first of all, you need an outline of each because they're all interlinked. So the first is the financial targets. Right? You know, uh, accounting is the language of business. So we need to have financial targets and not revenue. Turnover is vanity. Profit is sanity. Cash is king. What are the profit targets? You know, let's be clear about the cash flows. What are the financial targets that we're after that represent success from a shareholder's perspective, thinking like an investor? Once you've got those, you can start to reverse engineer and say, okay, what are the, the, the key metrics? What are the key performance indicators that need to be, be accomplished, Emma, in order to help us hit those financial targets? So to be simplistic, if you want to have a million in revenue, you, that might look like in your business, a thousand customers that spend on average a thousand pound each. Okay, well good. Well, how many do you need in the first six months? Because it's probably not half because you're probably scaling up. 
But like, let's break that down. How many do you need by when? And then if you're going to need, you know, five, uh, yeah, if you're going to need 50 customers by the end of January or whatever the maths work out to be, you're going to go, okay, well, how many leads do you need? What's your average time to convert? Because some businesses, it's very, very quick. It's a very easy, fast transaction. If you have an ice cream stand, people see you, they buy, you get footfall, you get sales. If you've got, like some of the people in this room, if you've got very uh, lengthy purchases from, uh, from Korea, Harley, right? Like it can take months. There's a whole host of things and due diligence and processing with property purchases, Richard, that, that, that have to occur, right? And you have to have that sales cycle. So if you want to get... 50 customers at the end of January. You might have needed the leads at the start of January. You might have needed them at the, uh, at the end of October, last year. But I think once you come on the financial targets, you can start to reverse engineer what the KPIs are. So financial targets are number one, KPIs are number two. Um, and then once you start to establish what the KPIs look like and by when, so the milestones, you can then, and only then, once you know what how many customers you're trying to get, therefore how many leads you need to get once you know you've got that dashboard as to what the business needs to look like you can start to ask yourself okay what is the strategic plan what are the critical drivers or activities that need to occur by who by when in order to accomplish this plan that's a great people go well sometimes people have resistance because they go well i don't know like, I, I don't know how much, how many phone calls I'm going to have to make, how many emails I'm going to have to send, how much advertising spend needs to be to produce that. Well, if you don't know, and I don't know, then we're kind of screwed. Like, you have to, you have to put your best guess, your best plan forward. Like, as I say, well, because I don't know, I won't, I won't bother, I won't bother trying. I mean, that's just, that's just crazy. I mean, you're in business, you're, there's going to have to be some degree of risk and some degree of unknowns. The point is to hedge the plan. You know, when the United States put the first man on the moon, there was all kinds of unknowns. What did they do? They were crazily diligent for the best part of a decade into building the plan that they believed would work. And if you watched the film Apollo 13 and for, from a subsequent mission and all kinds of contingencies. So if things went wrong, what might go wrong and how could they make it so that's less likely to happen? And if it does, what are we going to do? So then you can start to craft the strategic plan, which is nothing other than the written down um, actions that are going to be taken by who and by when, under the assumption that those actions, Andy, are going to produce a certain output, hit certain KPIs, which are the end product, will produce the financial results. So that's number three. Number one, financial targets. Number two, KPIs. Number three, the strategic plan. However, People often miss out number four. It is pointless having a plan. Uh, it's pointless having the targets without a plan. And it's pointless having the plan without simultaneously allocating the relevant resources. You know, on, um, on I don't know if it was on eBay, but there, there's somewhere on the internet uh, fairly recently, I saw you could buy Usain Bolt's training program for the last Olympics where, you know, where, well, he won a load of gold medals, but where he won the 100-meter uh, uh, gold medal. Okay, great. But if you get that plan and you follow that plan for the, for the years leading up to the next Olympics, are you going to win the 100-meter gold medal? No, 
because well, first of all, you probably couldn't follow that plan if if you tried. It would probably it'd be a plan for optimal performance for him. It'd be a plan for rapid death for, for, <laughs> for probably most of us. But but um, uh, the, the point is, you couldn't do it without the resources that he's got, which is the predisposed genetic disposition, the predisposed fitness base levels of fitness and muscle mass, etc. But also the coaches and support that can refine the plan. Right, I think. General, subsequently President Eisenhower was, uh, Eisenhower was correct that, that plans are useless. Planning is invaluable. Right? Or to quote Mike Tyson, everybody's got a game plan until they get punched in the face. Right? So I, like, business is going to happen, but that's not a justification for not coming up with a plan. That's a, that's a justification for coming up with more than one plan. That's a consideration of what the biggest risks are and how you'll handle it when that does occur. Right? That's what diligence looks like. That, Emma, is what professionalism looks like. Amateurs just turn up and go, oh yeah, yeah, I want to try really hard and let's have this business be successful. Pros do the right behaviours consistently every single time and are thus more likely to get the end result. There's no guarantees, but it's the best way I know to stack the deck in your favour. He said, so Dan, the last business, you've got to establish what are the resources that are required. Have you got a world-class team? Right, and it's a little bit politically incorrect, but he told me, he goes, you're not going to win the NBA with a, with a basketball team full of midgets. Right, he goes, like, you can feed those midgets vitamins all you want. Like, it's not going to, they're not going to be able to perform at the required level. Right, and whilst, uh, you know, if you take it the wrong way, you could see that's hugely offensive. It, it wasn't meant in a, in a, uh, suggesting some people are superior to others in just in that if you've got you can have somebody that means well but is never going to have the competency to perform at a particular job in your business everybody in this room knows somebody that's really skilled and lovely human being in one place but it's hopeless with numbers you don't want that person to be a bookkeeper or accountant right uh, i'm in favor of stacking the deck so the four parts are financial targets one Number two, KPIs. Number three, strategic plan. And number four, world-class team or really any allocation of resources. And once you've done that pass once, got a bit of an outline. Think of it like a jigsaw. Uh, think of it as uh, a jigsaw puzzle. It's kind of like you, you put in the borders. Then you go back and fill in the details. So the second pa pass, uh, uh, you would go more thorough. So you've now got a complete plan, which is hopefully what you've come with to this meeting. Okay, you've already had your ideas, you've been forced in preparation for this meeting to document, okay, here's the budget, okay, here's what happened, here's the KPIs that I'm looking at, here's what I want to do, here's the team, here's the background on the team, here are the hires I think you're making, etc. To do the third Passover, which is really nitty-gritty detail, you know, the devil is in the detail of slight tweaks and refinements uh, to, to maximise the plan. Occasionally we see a glaring hole or error or a fundamental strategic flaw, but the fact that you're here, probably, especially if you've been to multiple meetings, probably it's reasonably robust, okay, um, but um, it devils in the details. So I'm told, uh, and I could get this maths slightly incorrect, there is less than half of a percent of a degree of improvement in the driving capability of the first on the grid and the last on the grid in Formula One. Right? So everyone's like, it's the cars. It's like, yes, that's true. And a small improvement there makes it, but actually drivers, they wouldn't bother to get the best drivers if they didn't have an impact. But the 
the difference between first and last is relatively negligible. And that should be um, a great comfort for you in this room. Because actually, there's people that are doing significantly more profit than you are that are probably just a few tiny percentage points different. But they do it differently, consistently, over a period of time, and compounded, that has a ridiculous result. So he said, Dan, go away and do your plan. And I realised, I walked in thinking I had a plan for my business, but I didn't. It was focused on revenue and revenue growth. I mean, how stupid is that? That's how stupid I was back then. Okay, I think Ray Dalio was right. If you can't look back on the um, decisions that you made a year ago and you're not a little bit embarrassed, then you're not growing fast enough. And when I look back at my thinking 10 plus years ago, I'm cringeworthy embarrassed. But um, I had that plan, but, but ultimately I started to get a bit of traction. But what really caused it to shift was when my... Uh, uh, my uh, eldest daughter, uh, Summer, was born. She was born with a congenital diaphragmatic hernia, which meant she was in emergency care. She needed surgery, life-saving surgery, when she was a few days old. And at that time, I was torn because I was obviously committed for my family, but after she, it was clear that the surgery had worked and she wasn't going to die, but she was still in hospital for many, many, many weeks afterwards. Um... Like, I've got this business that's pulling at me that's the source of income for the family, right? And all of a sudden I said, oh my God, this is ridiculous. I'm working my ass off. And in relative terms, Harley, it's relative to where I'm now, uh, um, uh, I wasn't making any money. And I was certainly pissed off and felt I was working my backside off, Richard, and not getting the just rewards. But I didn't need to work more hours. I needed to be more effective with the hours that I had. And it forced me to get this plan over the line. And then ultimately, um, uh, the, uh, from a quarter after, the first quarter after she was born, uh, uh, the company that I had at the time did more than double what it had ever done in its previous record quarter before ending. It just absolutely smashed it out of the park. And I never looked back. Um, uh, you know, so ultimately it allowed me to take the time to be able to be with my first daughter then and our subsequent children um, and to grow companies. So the company rapidly went from half a million to five million in revenue. Um, and then I've added other companies since then as well. Um, and it was born out of um, being prepared to be a professional, being prepared to do what it takes, being prepared to draft out the plan on those four steps. I've done it every quarter since. I've done a quarterly review and a quarterly plan to lock down. Number one, financial targets. Number two, KPIs. Number three, the strategic plan of critical drivers that need to happen. And number four, have we got the right team? And do we have the right resources? Do we have enough capital to pull this off? Because if you've only got the money to do half a building project, Richard, and that, that's recipe for bankruptcy, right? Right there, right? So you need to make sure those things are aligned. And the thought process that goes behind all that, I believe, is foundational for your success in business. So that, if I only had, had five minutes to tell somebody what to do with the ways to plan, I'd do those four steps, three times through, overview, lay it out, and then mismatch it and check it and balance it and tweak it and bounce it off other smart business owners like we're doing here. That, I believe, is the key to uh, success. 
Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that short podcast. Uh, that's all it is for this week. Uh, keep uh, keep giving us your comments, your feedback. Let us know via Facebook or via email uh, what you've got going on um, and what you'd like to hear from us. Go on over to danbradbury.com forward slash workshop. Go to danbradbury.com forward slash workshop and get booked on to our upcoming events, including the uh, business growth planning workshop and the super speed reading workshops that we've got coming up. See you next time.